And we want you to know that we 
want you to win. We want you to win in your faith. We want you to win in your marriages. We want you to win in your finances. We want you to win overcoming those generational patterns. We want you to win in your jobs. We want you to win in your attitude. We want your character to grow. We would love to win a softball game. <laughs> that would be a goal for 2023. <laughs> hey, we have a lot of fun. Let me tell you this. But we want you to win. Eric and I, we want you to win. And listen, hard stuff here. Winning doesn't just happen. It is often fought for and intentionally chosen. And anyone that's ever won anything knows that it is fought for and intentionally chosen and trained for, potentially. And so we just are encouraging you to stop spinning your wheels where you're just trying to get good at something and start training towards that place that you know you need to overcome in your life. And only you know what it is. Only you know what it is. Some of you are still learning how to even get into the word. Good for you! Do it! Let's do it! I can't wait to hear how that's molding you and shaping you and changing you. Get into the word. Download that app. Buy yourself a Bible. Get a Bible. I'll get your Bible. Good for you. Don't be ashamed of the fact that you have never really learned to get to the word. Tell somebody so they can help you. But stop spinning your wheels and just saying, I really want to. I really want to. And I'm trying, but I, I just, I really want to. Where that skateboard that's upside down and has those wheels going as fast as they can, but you're not going anywhere, turn it over. Put it into motion. Get into the Word. Or whatever it is that you are needing to grow in. And I shared some things that I have learned along the way and that I am learning. And I'm gonna give you an update on one of them tonight. And I hope that you'll do some personal reflection of your own, of what you have learned and what you are learning. But it's gonna be really important in order to continue to train for the moment where you know temptation seizes you, that place, you're probably gonna to have to first get honest about where you're starting in that place where temptation seizes you. And it's gonna be really important that you assess the present reality of that situation. And it's gonna be equally important that you take off the chains of shame. Mm -hmm. I had a conversation with someone I dearly love this week, and they said, I have a hard time seeing that as it is because it embarrasses me to be honest about it. And I said, that's a chain to keep you stuck there. When you get honest about where your flesh seems to fail over and over and over, you're not worse than anybody else. Don't let the shame keep you there. So get honest and tell shame to take a hike. Because I'm moving forward and shame you have kept me here too long. Shame is a tool to keep you stuck. Bye, Felicia. Get honest, friends. And 
don't let shame have a say. Because we're moving forward. That's right. And so in that space where you can get honest about the present reality of whatever it is that you know you need to work on. I'm not naming it for you. You know it. In that space, with God's help, that is key. You want a vision that comes from God. You don't want some idea. You don't want a good idea. You want God's ideas, okay? So in that space where you get honest about, I seem to get really stuck here sometimes, and I'm not going to be embarrassed by it because I really want to move forward from it, and in a year from now, I want to have overcome it. Ask God to help you visualize where you're headed. And then ask, now how do I get there? Ask him. He will point you to take the first step toward victory. Amen. The Holy Spirit will move you to take the first step toward victory. The Holy Spirit will not lead you towards more chains and more stuckness. The Holy Spirit will move you to take the first step toward victory. So after you get honest, you tell Shane to take a hike, look, you've been there way too long. You ask God to help you see where you're headed and then ask him how you're going to get there and let him lead you to that first step. And some of you already know what that is toward victory. And that moves us into tonight's point. Just a few. It is time to find a coach. <clears throat> and here's why. Because you have never been there. You don't really know how to get there. Believe it or not, some of you had a coach to get here to church tonight. That GPS you used, that coached you. You see what I'm saying? And there are many great options for coaches out there, but please make sure that your coach has a centeredness in Christ. There's a lot of good advice out there that won't necessarily be godly, okay? Trust me there. But it's time to find a coach. And that is not like, okay, I'm going to go spend a ton of money and we just don't have it. No, that is like I said earlier, someone that has been there, that has done that, that has gone before you and has maybe in many ways overcome what you're coming up against. The truth is, y'all, even tummy time needs a coach. <coughs> Listen, it's been a few weeks since I used a picture of her. <laughs> this is my granddaughter. But listen, even in tummy time, it doesn't always go the way you think it will. <laughs> okay? Okay? A lot of coaching going on there, and she said, yeah, I think I'm done. And they said, okay. They propped her up a few more times, and she's learning to turn her head both ways and do all the things she's learning. But she's not saying, hey, Mom, I think it's time for tummy time. Right? No, we need to find a coach. Because that coach has gone before. And is like, hey, 
Let's try it sometime. And not just lay there, there's some things we're gonna work on. And so a coach is important because here's the thing, we don't know what we don't know. Socrates says it like this, the only thing I know is that I know nothing. Boy, what a place to begin with humility, not shame, right? This statement does not attach shame. This is just a humble place to say, I know, I know nothing. And this is gonna be the motivator to learn. Can we all just come to a place in this space where we tend to just really, I hate to use the word fail, but we, we all have failures, but this space, space where, we, where we continue to lose or we continue to let temptation seize us or we continue to fall back and seem to go into old patterns. Name it what you want. But in this space here, we find ourselves not being able to move forward, but we want to. Can we just take the humble posture and say, okay, here's one thing I know, is that I don't know how to do that. I'm having a hard time moving forward because I actually don't know how to. That does not make you dumb. That does not make you lost. That does not make you anything except willing to learn. When we come to a place that we can say, I recognize that I actually don't know. We are prepped and primed to learn. But when the pride of, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, comes up, we have walled ourselves up in the humble space where we are open and ready to learn and grow. Someone that already knows it all doesn't need a coach. But that person that can say, here's one thing I know. I don't know. And I need some help. I was honored to stand in the viewing line with my husband, his father passed away a few weeks ago suddenly. And as I was standing there meeting someone he wanted to introduce me to, these words were said. This is the coach of this football team currently. And just a few weeks ago, they're having an undefeated season. And just a few weeks ago, this young man called my dad, my husband says, called my dad called Bob Reader a few weeks ago because he had the last undefeated season. And so this young coach wanted to know, hey Bob, how'd you do it? How'd you end strong? How'd you stay undefeated? We're in the starting the season, we're in the middle of the season, we're undefeated and we did it and we're doing it. How did you keep it? going. He didn't say, well, look at us, we're undefeated. We got this. He said, I don't want to lose this streak, and I've never been here before. How do I keep it going? And Bob, at 77, not knowing that his days were coming to a close, got to coach up one more man. Because somebody said, I've never been here before. I don't know how to keep going. How do I keep going? And he didn't just say, well, we'll just keep going. We'll do it. It seems to be working. Everybody knows the other team is coming after the undefeated team, hardcore. But he humbly said, I've never been here before, and I want to keep going. How 
can I? Keep going. You know, strength alone in the battle is not enough to get you unstuck. We need more than strength. We need a strategy. You cannot just muscle your way into a new way of thinking or doing. Wouldn't that be good? If you're wanting to improve your character, you want to move towards financial freedom for the first time, you need to have an inspiring, life-giving relationship with someone, your marriage is on the rocks, you need a, a better way of responding in situations, name it, fill in the blank. You're probably not going to just do it because you really, really want to. We need direction given. We need coaching. We need a strategy, church. Strength will be important in overcoming eventually, but it doesn't stand alone. We need the strategy. We need to learn the skill. We need the tools and we need the muscle. Once you have the strategy in place, then be stronger than your excuses. You're going to be a coach that can give you a strategy. And then that muscle that you think you've been trying to work through, like, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. But then you don't. That muscle, that's useful with a strategy in place. And once you get that strategy, and you get that Dave Starship grit, <laughs> I just think he is, he is determined, you know? You ever seen David Starship after surgery? He is determined to get back on his feet. He is determined to be okay. He is determined to walk again. He is determined. I've seen it. Sometimes too soon, Karen would probably say. Amen, wives? But I've seen it. We just had a conversation earlier. He's like, there might be some surgeries, whatever. And I said, man, in recovery, he's like, oh, recovery's going to be fun because I'm going to get back on my feet. That muscle thing is inspiring. But in the terms of what we're talking about tonight, you're going to need that strategy and you're going to need that strength because you're going to have to be stronger than your excuses. Because there is nothing like a really valid excuse to come and trip us up when we are tempted. Can I get an amen? amen? And let's just keep it real. The only true way to be stronger than our excuses is to turn our eyes upon Jesus and look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. Boy, when I am tempted to throw in the towel and whatever, you name it, and I go to the foot of the cross and I look up and I remember all that he's done for me. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. One of the things as a coach that we would give our students, our student athletes, is an anchor statement. Beginning of the season, couple after tryouts have happened and all of that and we're in those first couple weeks and we know that this is going to be a whole season of wins and losses and a lot of things about 
to happen in the next season. One of the things I learned early on when I started coaching was that you have to give your student athletes, and you don't give it to them, they get to choose it, but they need an anchor statement. That green light statement. That statement that anchors them when it gets hard and keeps moving them forward when it didn't go like we thought it would. So if you've got an anchor, you might call it an anchor statement, you might call it a green light statement. Those statements, those, those truths, those moments that keep you anchored or moving forward when the storms come or when it didn't go the way we thought it should. What's the go-to thought when it gets tough? You need to find one. Because it gets tough. In this world, we will have trouble. Jesus said it himself in John 16, In this world, we will have trouble. We'll have. Break down the passage. Underline the circle. See all the moving parts in that, in that passage. In this world, we will have trouble. Take heart. I've overcome the world. An anchor statement when it gets really tough. Jesus did it already. Hang in there. Take heart. He's got you. You decide what your anchor statement or your green light statement is going to be when it gets tougher. It didn't go the way you thought it would. Because it's going to happen. So have that statement in front of you. Put it in view. One of the coaches I, I coached with in Indiana, he had been a coach in Wisconsin. No. Wyoming. Different W. Wyoming. We were praying for a man in Wisconsin this week, and that's the second man. Wyoming. And he had the privilege of coaching an All-American female who ended up in the NBA years later. And one of the things that she decided to do with her anchor statement was to write it on the top of her tennis shoes. Two words. Keep going. Because, I don't know about you, but I've seen a lot of student athletes, and I've done it myself, when it didn't go the way we thought it would, what do we do? <sighs> Run back down the court, our heads down, right? Or we're standing at the free throw line, going, I should have, I should have bowed. And our heads down, and what do I see? The top my shoes. And not only did she keep going, she kept going, and she kept going, and she kept going, and she met her goal to play in the NBA one day. And I love that story. Choose that anchor statement and put it in view because it will be hard sometimes. It will get tough, but you can overcome. And with God's help, you can experience victory. You can reach your goals. He wants you to win. And another thing that we taught our student athletes is when that head is down and when you realize, dang it, to fix it, Flush it and forget it. Okay? So guess what? On the way to the goal, you're going to make some mistakes. 
you're going to give in. There's going to be on days and there's going to be off days. But you got to be able to keep going. And you got to be able to say, I know. I know what happened. I know. For the sake of basketball, I can have my son come up here right now and pretend like we had a basketball. Come here, real quick, honey. Real, real fast, real fast, real fast. And I just want you to stand over here. I'm going to pass you the, the proverbial ball, okay? And you're going to receive the ball in rhythm and you're going to shoot. Just pretend. <laughs> Basket's that way, okay? I'm passing you the ball. You're taking hands out of your pants. Yeah, there we go. All right, so have those ready hands. All right, good job. All right, so I'm passing you the ball, you receive it in rhythm, and you shoot. All right, so what does it look like if I pass you the ball, you do not receive it in rhythm, and you don't receive it, it takes a second longer. What happens when you don't? You receive, you turn, then you have to set up for your shot, and then you shoot it. Let's do that again. I pass it to you. Watch the difference in the quickness of the transition for him. You're gonna do in rhythm. Receive, shoot, all right? Now you're thinking about like we're going to dinner after church and all that, right? All right, you receive the ball, turn, reset, shoot. Okay, thank you, give it up for Dallas. <laughs> so there's gonna be days where we receive the ball and we weren't ready for it. And we're like, oh wait, wait, that's still open, okay. And we shoot. And we miss. And all the way back down the court, we can either beat ourselves up, or we can say, I didn't receive it in rhythm. I wasn't ready for the ball. I gotta get that better next time. I'll be ready next time. Play defense. We gotta fix it. We gotta flush it. And we gotta forget it. Translate that into your place of growth that is needed. I wasn't in the Word this morning. I didn't get up early. I didn't take time. And my attitude's been rotten all day. And I know it's because I didn't start it that way. All right. I'm not going to beat myself up. I'm going to get in the Word here in just a few minutes. And we're going to fix that. And I'm not going to beat myself up anymore. And we're going to keep going. So find it. Fix it. Flush it. Forget it. But keep going. Keep moving forward. The passage, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added to you. Matthew 6.33 reminds us that first thing in the morning, set your feet in the direction that you want to go. Seek first the kingdom of God. I don't care if you're trying to get better in your finances, you're trying to be a better husband or wife, you're trying to have a better attitude. I don't care what direction you're moving and all these practical things that you could be filling in the blanks about tonight, but if you will move your feet to the rhythm of his kingdom and his righteousness, then you'll be headed in the right direction to begin the day with. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And just real quick, I just finished a devotional on the U version Holy Bible app called First Thoughts by John Ortberg. Take a picture of it if that's something you're looking for. He just gives some great anchor statements. He gives some great first thoughts of the day. Um, super, again, super practical, easy to listen to, easy to read stuff there. Just a tool I want to give you. Church, choose an anchor statement. Choose a coach. Choose an anchor statement and put it in view so that you can keep 
going. Just a few minutes here before I wrap up. One of the things I wanted to get better at, and as time goes, this will be um, less and less of a major in our home as my husband continues to process the death of his father. But one of the things I got honest about last week is that I want to love my husband well through grief. And I love the way God had ordered my steps already. A friend of mine who lives in Colorado, who used to live in Indiana, and we were dear friends, and she coached for girls basketball at Ball State. We were dear friends, and, and more so not about basketball, but about faith and life, and her son, Evan, and my son, Daniel, are best friends. Well, she just happens to be in the Sun City Center area with her uncle this week. And so we set up a coffee, a three-hour coffee. Praise the Lord. Her name is Kelly. And she will remind you a lot of Kelly Bender. I think it's interesting. I have an a Indiana Kelly and a Florida Kelly. And they're both incredibly wise. I'm thankful for their friendship. Kelly has, in many ways, a PhD in loss. She um, tragically, suddenly lost her son who was 19 years old. Tragic death. And she's also lost her father. And so as I sat with her this week, and we talked about Eric's dad's passing, and then of course also his mother's in years before, we had a conversation, and I asked her, Kelly, I need a coach in loss, because I don't know that. There's one thing I know. I don't know that. Both of my parents are still alive, praise the Lord, and both of my children are still alive. I don't know her pain and I don't know his. And one thing I know is that I don't know. So I need some help. And she was gracious to give me some thoughts. I'm going to share a couple of them with you. It's like he's got a light blown off. He's going to be limping around for some time. Help him balance lament and gratitude. The book of Psalms will lead you. It does a great job at deep lament and deep gratitude and keeping them balanced. We talked about balance last week. She said, Marcia, don't quote scripture in him. I said, Kelly, I'm going to need another coffee. <laughs> and she said, remember, the enemy will not take a break on Eric. This is prime time for him. So keep what's true in front of him. Love him, pray for him, but help him keep his balance. We're limping a little bit together as I'm learning to do these things. But I appreciated my time with this coach, Kelly. I recognize her track record. She and her husband have a ministry in Colorado, in the mountains of Colorado, for people, for parents that have lost a child. That's a deep grief I can't even fathom. I'm thankful for her investment in I'm going to do what she says because I believe it will work. Not to fix him, but to love him. When you find a coach, listen to them. 
recognize their track record, be thankful for their investment, and do what they say, it will probably work. No. Yes, it will. <laughs> yes, it will. Sweet baby. You know, the truth is I've never become an elite athlete at this point in my life. I mean, obviously I'm 48 and I'm not even trying, okay? But, um, but I can work really hard and grow into what you would call an elite life. And not a status place, but a hard-working, I really want to figure this out, life. Mom of adult men. Leader, disciple, a lover of people. Not because I want to reach some place of I'm elite in this, but because I really want to do it well. Because when I am working in rhythm with the Holy Spirit, and I am in many ways doing that well, not back to me, but all glory to Him. I am running this race to heaven to win the prize of heaven. But all along the way, I get to point back to God. Amen. Eric and I pour out into marriages all the time. And if we are not working hard at our own, it will take a hit. This is a space I don't want the enemy to even find a foothold. I don't want her to have a peeky toe in my marriage.
Today, let's ask this question. Lord, help me put it into practice. Help me live out what is true and live from what is admirable. Help me to live through what is noble and pure and excellent and praiseworthy. Lord, help me to do something about these things. Not just read them and believe them, but do something about it. Live it out. Amen. Your coach, give them permission to help you identify those things and put them into practice. And yes, as a coach, during this season, there is a healthy breakdown of bad or poor habits in an athlete, and there is a buildup of things that are going to sharpen your skills as an athlete, or make you a better team player in a team sport. In a season of a sport, there is some uprooting that is done by the coaches, and there is some planting. In the season, there is in many ways a tear down of poor thinking and a constructing of good thoughts. When we are building an athlete as coaches or a team as coaches, there has to be, just about every season, a good balance of breaking down and building up, of uprooting and planting, of tearing down and constructing. Not to tear down the person, but to tear down these things that are keeping their head down and not moving And we know that by doing that, we are not pressing and crushing the person. We are pruning the places that are yet to bear really, really good fruit. Grape juice. Lucy and Ethel taught us the pressing, the crushing, the stopping produces grape juice. Some of you call it wine. It's good. God, in his mercy, has some pruning to do in us. Some pressing, some crushing, some breaking down, some pulling away in order to build up and bring good fruit. It's a good, godly practice. Don't resist it. Yes, it's uncomfortable. But at the end of it, this new wine is dripping out of us. And all along the way, there may be a few timeouts where the coach and the player are having a conversation about what needs to adjust. Or maybe there just needs to be some encouragement. Or maybe there needs to be some redirection. Or maybe we just need some rest. But don't resist the timeouts that God tries to have with you where he says, hey, we need to have a talk. Sometimes in his mercy, those talks are redirection. And sometimes those are simply rest. Don't resist the timeout talks with God 
or your coach where they're like, time out. Because they're for your good. They're for victory. The sideline timeout conversations are important all along the way to victory. Whether it is your marriage and someone is saying, sister, I heard the way you responded to your husband. I can see how that could have come across a little shock. This is a conversation someone has had with me. Consider a different <coughs> response. Consider, Marcia, a different tone. You might get a different result. Listen to your coaches. The timeouts are for your good. In church, when all else fails, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. When you think you got it really bad, just come to the foot of the cross and look up and get your direction from there. The last question my friend Kelly asked me to ask my husband at some point when it's appropriate and when it's getting really hard is this. How does Christ's resurrection impact where you are right now? We can really get our eyes on the tough Church, how does Christ's resurrection impact where you are right now? I don't know about you, but I begin to lift my head and I begin to see a hope for a new horizon, for a day ahead that is worth fighting for, that is worth continuing on for, that is worth putting aside my temptation for. You see, Christ's resurrection changes everything. So when it gets really hard and really dark, and it's hard to see how we're actually going to go forward, ask yourself this question. How does Christ's resurrection impact where I am right now? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. The sweetest, most powerful, abundant, tested, approved, and undefeated name I know. Amen. And he's calling me into victory with him. Hallelujah. Church, find a coach. Pick those anchor statements. And ask yourself the tough questions. But even when it gets hard, even when you miss a beat, even when you had a loss that you thought would be a win, keep going. And fix your eyes on Jesus. The next two songs.
psalms are going to sum up much of what we've talked about here tonight. But we've done something different. We're going to give you a chance to have a sideline combo, if you will, with the pastor during response tonight. My husband and I are going to go back here. My parents are already back there. What do you need? You need strength? Need a strategy? Need a coach? Need faith? Need help with your temper or self-control? Need a new job? Need marital blessing? Need rest? You just simply feel like you just need help? Let's have a conversation. Let's have a time out in the back. We would love to pray with you. We would love to pray that not only will you be refined the coach or the strategy or the way the Holy Spirit would make your path straight right to it so that you can keep going and have victory and this time next year call yourself an overcomer in that area. As always, we have the candles. Come light them. They symbolize the light of the world, Jesus, in our home, in our life, in our situations. Either way, tonight, respond with honesty. And let's have a talk in the back, a timeout. My parents will be on this side. Eric and I will be on this side. We'd love to pray with us. Would you stand with me as I pray? And as we enter into a time of response, of worship, and prayer. God, you've made clear that this really simple X's and O sermon series that can be so practically about sports is going to speak to us in our own personal areas of needed growth. And so God, we thank you that you're doing that in this room. We thank you that your spirit is active and alive and translating everything that is needed as it is spoken to the hearts of each individual. God, you are showing them and teaching them and prodding them and nudging them towards the places of growth in their life that is needed, and you are also urging them to take the first step toward victory. God, we thank you that Jesus is truly undefeated. We thank you that he has the strongest name in the universe, that no coach, no player has ever been known around the world like Jesus for history and history and history. His power is eternal. It has been, it is, and it will be. And when we fix our eyes on him, we step into that power, we step into that peace, and we step into that hope. Tonight, Father, I pray that someone would step into a conversation, a time out in the back of the room, and invite someone else in to pray for them and help lead them and guide them to a coach or a strategy or potentially just having hope for the next steps. You are good. You are God. We need you. We need you. As these lyrics say, Lord, make us a vessel. Make us an offering. Make us whatever you want us to be, Lord. And when it gets hard, help us to remember that your plan is in motion in us. And we don't have to give up. We can keep going. You are framing and shaping something beautiful that all along the way is going to bring you glory. We love you, Lord. We thank you for this message.
Lord, we thank you for these people. And we pray that you would do an abundant work in this room right now.